because I, I know he's always there. Certainly good to see those of you come out be out with us this morning in the service. We're thankful you're in the house of the Lord and especially thankful you're here at Landmark Baptist Church. We want to uh, 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 welcome you to live streaming from Landmark Baptist Church in Lyons, Georgia. Um, always we, we have a prayer request. Uh, we have a uh, continued member Brother Gary and all these that are on the prayer request list. I don't have any new ones <coughs> here to put on the list because <coughs> I don't know. <coughs> Excuse me, but I'm keeping up with, I'm trying to keep up with how many Sundays we have services and Wednesday night and Sundays we have services and we don't have anybody got sick yet. And uh, I, I was talking to uh, pastor, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, he said there's several of them in their church has gotten sick by coming to church, what he said, but uh, but I don't know that I agree with that, but, uh, but anyway, uh, <clears throat> I am thankful for those of you that are here today, and we're thankful that you're in here in Landmark Baptist Church, and we're going to open with prayer today, and, and, and I'm going to ask... Um, uh, Brother Brandon, since you just came in, won't you lead us in prayer this morning? Amen. Thank you, brother. <clears throat> Have your Bibles this morning. Turn with me to the second chapter of the book of Ephesians. Let's stand as I read the first 13 verses. This was our same text we had last week, so I'm preaching a second sermon 
from uh, this text uh, this morning. Um, chapter 2 of Ephesians says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, and were in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourself, yourselves it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you were sometimes were afar off or made nigh by the blood of Christ. Again, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for those that have come out today. We thank you, Lord, that you, you blessed us. And I thank you for your word, Lord, because without it, I would be totally... I, w I wouldn't know what to do. And, Lord, I'm just so thankful for your word. I'm thankful you preserved it for us. And I'm thankful, Lord, that even today that we can read about things that happened over 2,000 years ago. And, Lord, I'm so thankful for those things. I pray, Lord, that you go with us and take care of us. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. The title of this message is the same as last week. It's just the second message on this the title is this is our lives in a nutshell you know um, last week we learned about our past life this week we're going to learn about our present life when we are finished with this message and this is a key statement here when we are finished with this message you will have learned you have much more in the Lord than in President Trump or Joe Biden. You have much more in the Lord, and, and understand that. Understand that I said President Trump and Joe Biden. So uh, you've got, but you've got more than any of, any of them can give you. you got more than any of them. you got more that none of them can touch. You've got more that none of them can do away with. You've got more in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what about our present life? What about our present life? You say, well, I know about my present life. Well, I'm going to tell you what some things that you may not know 
that you have in this present life. The Bible teaches, and you hath he quickened. You know, if you're here and saved today, you've been quickened. That word quickened means that you have been changed. You have been changed. You have been totally changed. You know, I, I remember the day the Lord saved me, which was uh, 54 years ago. Uh, 50, yeah, soon, I think soon 54 years ago. When the Lord saved me. And, uh, and I didn't realize at the time what all that meant. I didn't know what it, what it all meant, but, but now, now I do know what it all means. I know that the Lord, uh, that the Lord quickened me as I study the scriptures. I learned this, that the Lord quickened me, that, uh, that word quickened means that He changed everything about me. He changed my mind. He changed my thought process. He changed everything about me as a result of that. And, and, and if you're saved today, he's done the same thing for you. Uh, he has changed everything about you. What is the difference in being in Christ Jesus? Well, the difference is you, you are quickened together with Christ. Just as Christ has quickened, you're quickened. Christ wasn't quickened any differently than you were quickened. When Lord sent the Lord sent Him here as one that uh, that as one that would give us someone as an example to look forward to here here on this earth, and we have Him as that that example. You know, we we can sit and say, "Well, should I do this or should I do that?" And and I, I like the phrase I heard it somebody. Mention it uh, sometime back on Facebook, I believe it was, of uh, uh, what would Jesus do? You know, you think about that in your life. What would Jesus do? Think about your present life right now. What would Jesus do when you when you decide that what you're going to do? I hope every one of you read uh, uh, the the words of wisdom. What Charles Spurgeon said about our new life and what our new life is like and what he said about that it's uh i tell you it's, it's a deep down thoughts that uh that you you just don't hear anywhere else about what what he what he said there now the verse at the end of it i i'm the one that put the verse at the end of it uh so um so this is um this is something that i hope you read because he tells us, he tells us in there what is what God expects of us as his children. What God expects of us as his children when he saved us. And I know he has an unusual way of putting it. He, uh, Charles Spurgeon spoke in the old English. And, and I, I have to say there are some parts of, of some of his that, uh, you, you kind of have to change the words around so people will understand them. Uh, but uh, you don't change them to where it changes the words at all. But but I, I, I challenge you to read that, and don't just throw this bulletin aside. You know we, I work hard on that bulletin, and and I, I've got down I've got down now to where I don't have any colored ink, and he can't get any right now. So uh, I'm going to have to figure out some way. Sister Carmen and I've been talking, and she says that I can. Uh, uh, I can make one and then, and then we can take it back on this new copier we got back here and print it out and, and just print the whole thing out 
because uh, they do have colored uh, in, in that. But in, at any rate, uh, read that. Read that. Read it. Read it over and over because I, I know I read it two or three times before I put it down because I tell you, it's, it's, it's deep. It's really deep in what he is saying. The Holy Spirit breathed into us new life. We have new life. We have a new life. Our eyes are open to see the mysteries and the realities of eternal things. You know, there are things that, that lost people never think about. There are things that lost people never think about that the Lord has taught us and shown us over the, over the years. There, there, there are spiritual things that, that we, we never would have, we never would have had them if we hadn't have been quickened. We never would have had them if the Lord hadn't have saved us. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have a, uh, and, and we wouldn't understand anything about spiritual things. But thank the Lord, uh, uh, we do because of the fact that we, 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 we see the mysteries and the realities of eternal things. All the darkness we once lived in is now light that shines in our lives. You know, we, um, you know, the old song, I saw the light. Well, I tell you, God lit up a lot. I know he lit up a lot in me when he saved me. And I know he did you too if you're saved today. He lit up a lot in you. You know, you have a great desire and you have a great love to to want to serve the Lord because he has done so much for us. You know, when we look back today, it won't be long until some of us will be going on and, and we'll be going on to the what, what what's in the future. But uh, that next week we're going to talk about What's in the future? What's what's in the future for, for for all of us? You know what God has got prepared for the future. So, but this this right now, this is what He He has for us. The the clouded promises that God, uh, uh, you know, I know most of you, and I don't know, I I didn't do much of it. But I know most of you probably read Bible before you was ever saved. Because most of you were brought up in homes where they took you to church. And uh, I wasn't. But I know some of you probably may not have been. But most of you were. But I know you've read scriptures and you, you've heard of some of the things that it, when, when I preach them, they come back to you because, you know, I read these things and understand these things. But... Um, the one thing about it is the, the promises that God made to his children were cloudy until God opened our, our eyes and, and showed us what they are and what they're like and the great blessings of them. Christ, who was once far away, is now near and living in us. We have been made nigh to God. Because the Lord Jesus Christ, we have been made closer to God. We we have been made known to God as far as the Lord Jesus Christ is concerned. Not saying that God didn't know us, but God didn't know us as far as salvation was concerned. But in the Lord Jesus Christ, we've been made nigh to God that we have an opening now that we can go to God. You know, there was a time when we couldn't talk to God. That's the reason I have a problem with these Armenians that go around and say, well, if you just... Pray the sinner's prayer. Sinner doesn't have a prayer. Sinner doesn't know God. He doesn't know he doesn't know God to pray to him. Oh, he may know to pray, but he's praying to a dead God. 
He he may uh, a lost man may know to pray, but he's not praying to a living God. He's praying to a dead God. Now the Bible teaches, but now in Christ Jesus, now, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes were far off or made nigh by the blood of Jesus. Jesus, our mediator. You know, you can go through him now. You know, you don't, the Old Testament saints, they need a priest. That's why, that's why every household in the Old Testament had a priest. And, and most of the time it was the father of the household that was the priest of the household. I know uh, uh, Job was a priest of his household. And I know that uh, others in, in, in the Old Testament were priests of their household. But every household had a priest. That is why that the Bible says of Job that he went and he, he went and he offered to the Lord for his whole family. Offered to the Lord for his whole family because he was that priest. You know, they, they didn't have the opening that we have to go straight to God and, and pray to God. Someone had to pray in their stead. Well, thanks be unto God when Jesus came and died for all of us, Old Testament saints, and us, we have a mediator between God and man. You know, we can go to God anytime we want to. We, You don't need your pastor to pray in your stead. I, I don't need any of you to pray in my stead, though, though I love it when you do pray. But I don't need any of you to pray in my stead because I can go to God and I can talk to him anytime I want to. That's, that's a wonderful thing that we can talk to God. I tell you, I've said this before and I'll probably say it again many times. You know, uh, when I go to bed at night, if I'm not laying on my left side, I don't feel I'm talking to God. You'll say, why is that? Because I believe God is on my left side. Uh, that's why, that's, why, that's just me. You know, I know Rhonda thinks I'm crazy about some things, but that's, that's okay. You know, I, I believe God is on my left side, so I have to turn over to my left side, and I talk to God for maybe an hour before I go to sleep at nights. I, I talk to him, you know, if you come in there and, and you stand in there, you're going to hear me talking to him when I go to bed at nights. Of course, none of you are going to be in there because most of you stay up too late. Uh, uh, Rhonda says you go to bed with the chickens. But uh, I said, well, I'm the main rooster of the chickens. But, but any, at any rate, uh, uh, we, we know God's there, and we can talk to him. You can talk to God. You, you, don't, you, you don't have to have someone talk to God in your place because of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the mediator. He is the, he is the, the as, as we've been hearing, you know, he, he has the path. He has the path to God. We talk about, we've been hearing about the path to the presidency. Well, one thing about it, none of us have the path to the presidency because I wouldn't want it. First of all, I'd have to step down to become president uh, from what I, what Lord called me to do. But I want to tell you, folks, you have a path to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our mediator. That's what Paul says in, in 2 Timothy. He says he is our mediator. He's the mediator between God and man, that we can go to him and we can talk to him anytime we want to. Boy, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. Some We, we talk about all the time God's in control. Well, you can talk to the controller. You know, you can talk to the controller. 
Yes, we all believe that. I've, I've heard it so many times. God is in control. God is in control. Until Trump got beat. Now everybody thinks there's somebody else in control. But that's not true. God is still in control. God's in control of everything. I can't explain to you why God put uh, the, the, the man in there that we've got now. I can't explain to that. Just like I can't explain why God gave Saul, one of the most wickedest people in the world, why God gave Saul as king over his people. Same way with Manasseh. I can't explain those things. I don't know why God did them, but I have to trust. If I trust God is in control, then I can talk to the controller because of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Bible teaches, but now in Christ Jesus, ye were sometimes afar off are now made nigh by the blood of Jesus. We have now trusted Christ as our Lord and Savior. It was Peter who said, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that, <clears throat> that he might bring us to God, being put, in, put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. He brought us to God. You know, we, we, we talk about, uh, you know, he said it. He said himself, but no man can come to me except the Father which sent me draw him. No man can come to me. You know, but, but we can. We can now. That, that was before we were saved. You know, if you're unsaved today, you, you, you can't go to God if God's not drawing you. You can't go to, you know, God's got to draw you. There's got to be that, that great, small steel voice in you telling you that this is what I need to do. This is what I want to do. You know, it's there. Let me tell you folks, it's there. You'll say, well, I've never heard that still small voice. You might, may not even be saved. Cause it's there. That still small voice is there. I know that, that sounds different, a still small voice, but it's there. That still small voice speaks to us. That still small voice speaks to us all the rest of our lives. That still small voice says, you shouldn't have done that. That still small voice said you shouldn't have committed that sin. That still small voice teaches you you need to repent of that sin. And you need to repent of it and, and, and tell the Lord that, that you're going to do everything in your power not to repeat it. Again, go back and read what Spurgeon said. Go back and read what Spurgeon said in, 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 our, in, in our words of wisdom. The sin which separated us from God has now been put away forever. That very sin. What was the sin that separated us from God? Well, actually it was Adam's sin that separated us from God. And as a result of it, every one of us born after the similitude of Adam are sinners. We're sinners. And just as sure as I don't care what you think about these little angel babies, just as soon as they get old enough, they're going to start sinning. You know, we, we get hard sometimes on young people, but they're going to start sinning. You, you parents need to realize that I'm thankful that back row back there, all those young people back there, excluding, I'm not going to say who excluding, but that back row back there is full of young people. 
And let me, let me tell you, folks, just as sure as you, as you come to your senses, you're going to realize, well, I'm a sinner, and I need to be saved. Now, I know most, most all of those girls back there and boys are saved, have, have made professions of faith. But I tell you, when you get to that point, it comes to a point to where you realize, well, I, I need to be saved. We now have fellowship. We now have the fellowship of those who have been reconciled to God. Yes, we can fellowship in complete harmony. Praise God we can. We can fellowship in complete harmony. I'm not sure concerning uh, uh, some of the things that's happened. I'm not sure that I can fellowship with the Georgia Bulldogs. They played so terrible. I'm not sure I can fellowship with anybody in Georgia when, when they said, well, Georgia's going to go blue. I never thought that ever happened. But it has, and, and I'm telling you, folks, uh, we've got fellowship with God. we got fellowship with God, and we, we can have beautiful, wonderful, peaceful fellowship with God because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible teaches and hath raised us up together. Now, think about this for a moment. Has raised us up together. What do you suppose he means there? God's purpose was that every one of us are, are, every one of us are one with him on the tree. I said this last week. I got a little ahead of myself. I said this last week that when he hanged on the tree, we were hanging with him. We were hanging, we're in one now with him. You know, I don't know that I would have agreed with that. I don't know that I would not have, I don't know if I'd been in that day, I'd have probably voted, I'd probably voted not to put Christ on that tree because I didn't understand it. Before I was saved, I didn't understand, I didn't understand why, why they put a man and in those days, it, it, they called it cross, but I, I don't, I don't argue with anybody does. But in that day, I didn't, I didn't, you know, when I first, when I first learned that, that, that they hanged Christ on that cross, that's how I first learned it. They hanged Christ on the cross. I thought, well, my goodness, why would they do something like that? Why do they do something like that? But I'm sitting here telling you today, I'm thankful to God they did. I'm thankful to God. I'm like the old preacher up there in Kentucky. He brought a, he brought a cross with him. Well, he brought two pieces of timber crossed over. He brought it with him. He, he come dragging it in. Barely, he, he barely could lift it. Rhonda knows who I'm talking about. It was her pastor. He come dragging it down the aisle and, and, and he had a, he, he had gone out to a thorn tree on the mountains up there, and he had weaved a thorn, a crown. He brought it in. He laid it down up on the pulpit. He propped that, uh, that, that old wooden cross up on the pulpit, and then he, he, he made him a scourge. He made him a scourge, and, and you know what a scourge is. A scourge is many, many pieces. with They had sharp rocks in the end of it, and he made one. And he brought it in. I was, I was, I was, I wasn't saved. I thought he was crazy. as old man ever walked. I mean, I told Rhonda, I said, "That old man's crazy." He got up there and he walked over here like this, 
and, and I'm going out of you. And he picked up that cross and he slammed it down against that wooden floor. I thought the whole bottom of the building was going to come out. And he said, I'm glad they slammed that down. I'm glad they tore his hands and his feet when, when, they, when they slammed that cross down. And I told Rhonda, I said, he's crazy. I said, you got a crazy pastor. Then he took that thorn, he took that crown of thorns, and he, he done like this. He said, I'm glad they slammed that down until it cut his brow all to pieces. And I thought he was more crazy than he, I thought he was. And then he took that skirms. Bam, he hit that pulpit with that skirms. He said, I'm glad they, he hit it again. He said, I'm glad they whipped him. I'm glad they whipped him every step of the way. And I thought to myself, why would anybody say that? But I'm sitting here telling you today, I'm glad he did. I went back up there at that church and I preached back several years later. And I walked up there at that pulpit. It still got pieces of wood out of it before he hit it with them rocks, with that scourge. glad he did. I'm glad he died for me. I'm glad that they nailed him up there at that tree. And I'm glad he suffered. I'm glad that God turned his own face on his own son. God could have sent a legion of angels down and delivered him from there, but he didn't do it. I'm glad all of that happened. I'm glad all that happened. And folks, let me tell you, folks, I'm here today to tell you you've got a lot more in him than you have in any president. You've got a lot more in him today. If you can't be happy with what you have in him, then you've let this thing get you down. Don't let this thing get you down because you got more in him than you'll ever have. Yes, he who was delivered for our offenses was raised again for our justifications, Romans 4.25. Through it all, we must suffer as he suffered. Now, the Bible teaches and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you ever, do you ever think about before you ever die, you're already sitting in heaven? Let me tell you, that's you know I've 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 used this before, and maybe some of you remember it. You know, if you get up in an airplane high enough, and you go across the Mississippi River, uh. I remember when I flew to San Francisco that uh, the pilot said, all of you on the right side of the plane, if you'll look out to the right, he said, you'll see the beginning of the Mississippi River. And he said, if all of you will look out to the left, he said, you'll see the ending of the Mississippi River. He said, this will be the only time You'll never be able to see the beginning and the ending of it. 
I can imagine, walk up Mississippi River and try to look where it began. Well, let me tell you, folks, God has seen the beginning of our new life. He's already seen the ending of our new life. We're going to talk more about that next week. He's already seen the ending of our new life. God knows the beginning from the end. God has already seen our resurrection. God has already seen us standing before him. God's already seen all these things. You can't see it all the Mississippi River at one time except you're up in the air. But let me tell you one thing. God knew where the Mississippi began. He knew where it ended, just like your life. He knows when your new life began, and he knows when it's going to end. <laughs> can, can you wait on those things? It's hard to wait on them. When you know those things, I tell you, that's a blessing. He made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. His last words on the tree were, it is finished. Oh, he finished it for us. It is finished. Then he ascended up to the Father and sat down on his right hand. He's there today making intercession for all of us. What does that mean? It means that he is still taking our place every time we sin. Let me say that again. It, it means that he is still taking our place every time we sin. You know what? He looks at the Father. Now, I'm, I'm ad-living now. He looks at the Father and he says, I died for him. Yeah, he sinned, Father. He sinned, Father. But I died for him. Or I died for her. Yes, Father, she did sin, but I died for her. That's what intercession means. It is our blessed privilege to take our rest with him. It seems today that there are those who just cannot take that rest. They let too many things around. They let too many things. Read that. Read Charles Spurgeon again. They let too many things take a hold of them. They let too many things control them. We let the world control us. We let our friends control us. Well, whatever the friend does, we think we have to do it too. Whatever the, we, we think that we have to be just like them in order to get along with them. Man, I've taken people off of Facebook. I'm about to take my own niece off because she's using dirty language. Probably going to do it for long. That is off, off of mine. Let me tell you, folks, we think we have to do just exactly the way they do. In order to get along. No, you don't. You don't have to be like they do. You don't have to have as much money as they've got. You don't have as much fun as they have. You don't, you don't have to have any of those things to be happy. You can be happy. I can be happy sitting at, over there on uh, Opportunity Court. I almost forgot where I live. Sitting over on Opportunity Court. 
I can be just as happy sitting over there as I can right up here what I'm doing right now. The Bible teaches, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Verse 10. Everything we do for him was ordained before the world that we should do it. Don't think that you've just all of a sudden come up with something wonderful to do for the Lord. You'll say, well, uh, God, aren't you, aren't you, aren't you pre- pleased with me that I came up with that? No, you mean be pleased with him that he came up with that before the world ever begun or began. You need to be thankful that God ordained all those things because you'd be doing nothing for the Lord if he didn't. Uh-oh, read Spurgeon again. Do you realize that what you do for the Lord, he ordained it that you do it? He before ordained it. He knows exactly what you're doing. He knows when, when you're going to do it. He knows, he knows you've done it. And he knows when you're not doing it. We know, for it is God, which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Philippians 2.13 And I say today, may God bless you May God take you and show you this wonderful present life that every one of us have. This present life we have. We might think, well, things are going to change for us. not going to change as far as God's concerned. Joe Biden's not going to change a thing for me. Donald Trump didn't change nothing for me. You know, they, somebody said, well, shut the churches down. I did, but sometimes I regret doing that. Not going to change a thing. All right, let's all stand.